John. 14. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 192 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and this week we're going to be talking about why I don't go in the water. I'm not afraid of piranha. I just have a crippling and contagious skin condition. You like keeping your skin? Well, yes. When Josh goes in the bathtub, it looks like soup. Yo. (laughs) Just like Grandma. That's why they call him Stu when he takes a bath. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) What have I done? Should I have said Dinty Moore? I was going to say chili might be more appropriate. <laughs> well, if you like chili and a little bit of like... Ellsbury steak. <laughs> if you like chili, you'll probably like the great shows on the Podcast Collective, including the Bad Parenting Podcast, Joel's Own the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, the Portland Beer Club Podcast, and, of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Is that a button mushroom in there? Mushrooms don't go in chili, Joel. That's stupid. (laughs) Now we're calling that out? (laughs) I have very strong opinions about chili, and I'm not even from Texas. People go in chili, Joel, before mushrooms do. If Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 taught me anything, it taught me that. They made chili in that? Yeah. It probably didn't have beans in it. It It had human beans in it. Oh, uh, oh, 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 that was bad. Right. If you're looking for some more of this wonderful entertainment, you can go <laughs> back to iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and Podverse.fm to find our older stuff. And if you want to leave us any uh, voicemails, tell us what you think. Call us at a 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, we had a little random listener feedback this week. Uh, we, we got a cool balloon picture from David Schillenberger. He does some cool stuff with balloons. I'm impressed. He does. I do cool stuff with balloons, too. Yeah, but you don't want to put them on Twitter. <laughs> or rather, or you can't anymore. <laughs> Not according to the letter. I don't know where to go with that. I'm- <laughs> Oh, yeah. We also got some comments from uh, Nikki about uh, commercials in New Zealand. Aside from the voicemail? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She uh, sent us a crap load of uh, pictures and YouTube of famous commercials in New Zealand. Oh, I, I haven't seen that. I gotta yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Um, who was it that said we forgot a commercial? Because we did. The I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That was Justin. Yeah. Good call, Justin. He was definitely right. That was a big oversight on our part. Yes. That's, I mean, that's like pop culture right there. That's that's huge in pop culture. I've yeah. fallen. Oh, and you know what else we completely forgot was the clapper. <gasps> yeah, and you shut down my head on, applied directly to the forehead. Yeah, I don't know why we uh, blasted past that. Because... I, I don't know. I was trying to fit ass blasters in there at one point, but I I think it's just about that time. We, we, got, we got so obsessed with Eagle Man. That we... <laughs> I think it is about that time. Definitely about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And Fantastic. So uh, the theme for this week is August 3rd, 1978, the day of or the release of the original Piranha. 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 How how was it they were pronouncing it in the first one all weirdly? Like Piranha. Piranhas. That's like cool, cool whip. Why are you saying it like that? (laughs) Piranha. Piranha. Like what? <laughs> what? It's like a Dances with Wolves kind of thing. Piranha. Anyway, uh, music. The number one song was Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. Yeah, I think I have uh, to call that song a guilty pleasure. I know it's not good, but I like it anyway. I like it. I, You know what? I feel bad for Andy Gibb, though. He's like, 
you know, he got the last of the handouts of the genetic code of the Gibb brothers. <laughs> uh, he's no Kimmy Gibbler. Anyway, uh, <laughs> The Who releases their eighth studio album, Who Are You? Their last album with drummer Keith Moon, who died 20 days after the release of the album. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> uh, DLB. Is that the acronym of the week? It is. Yes, of course, DLB would be Dopinder Likes Boston. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea where that went. What? <laughs> uh, that's more or less the reaction I was going for. Of course, <laughs> that was by Boston. Uh, that would be Don't Look Back by Boston. It's released August 2nd. That is correct. Oh. Good oh, guess, though. 70s Dopinder did like that song, in my defense. <laughs> I, like, I like Boston. I like Boston. Boston. Um, Who doesn't like Boston? Not Bill Pinder. <laughs> Donnie Harrison, English musician and son of George Harrison, was born on August 1st. Pretty he decent guitar player on his own, right? Yeah. Happy birthday. All right, it's time for movies, where Greece is the number one movie in the land in the middle of its 16-week run. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like Greece, but I don't have anything interesting to say about it. I know, I'm amazed Piranha didn't take it down. That was... <laughs> well, that's, why they, that's why they stayed out of the water during all of Greece. <laughs> right. I got fish, they're multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, See, if they had done it as a, as a musical, maybe they would have gotten a better run on that. <laughs> Movies released this week include Hooper and Animal House. Animal House. Hooper. What is Hooper? It's a Burt Reynolds movie. Oh, okay. Is that the one with all the basketballs? And the mustache. I thought it was about the guy who runs a store on Sesame Street. With the mustache. Yes. It's the one where Burt Reynolds is very manly. Oh, that one. Big Bird, you here for some uh, groceries? (laughs) Stop making banana noises. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so TV. Countess Danielle Vaughn, born August 8th, is an American actress and singer best known for her role as Kimberly Ann Parker on the Moesha and its spinoff, The Parkers. On the Moesha? <laughs> yeah, she's you, on the Moesha. Yeah, I forgot yeah. to delete the word the, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that she is not a Countess, that is her first name. Her name is Countess? Yes. That's, that's the stupidest Apple. No, that's not as stupid as Apple. Countess Danielle Vaughn. Everyone's going to be like, I mean, how often does she get asked? Oh, are you really a countess? No, it's just my first name. Well, I mean, I don't think she goes by Countess Danielle. It's probably just Countess Vaughn. Hey, uh, Maria. (laughs) Uh, We got uh, some bread in stock. (laughs) I don't understand why that's funny, but it is. Because it's an awful impression of Norm MacDonald's fairly decent impression of Burt Reynolds <laughs> as Mr. Hooper on Sesame Street. <laughs> There's so many levels. Yeah, that's going to be your claim to fame, Joel. You do terrible impersonations of other people's mediocre impersonations. <laughs> oh, I smell a spinoff. All right. So, Marissa Miller, American supermodel and cover girl, generally accepted to be one of the most beautiful women in the world, was born August 6th. She has been the lead model on Victoria's Secret fashion show for years. Yep, all those statements are pretty much true. <laughs> and and the show notes light up as everybody's highlighting Marissa <laughs> Miller. <laughs> uh, I, I knew who she, she is. Was. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% sure who she is. She's one of my favorites. Why was there a picture of a guy in an army uniform fighting a guy in red padding when you look her up? Look at her images. That's kind of strange. I didn't get that image. Hmm. Says a lot more about what you've got your search engine tailored towards. I just got a lot of images of her in bikinis. Mike's like, why are there all these targeted gay ads in my computer? <laughs> Speaking of sports. <laughs> on August 1st, Pete Rose's 44-game hitting streak came to an end. One game shy of tying for second overall all-time against the Atlanta Braves. 
44 games is pretty impressive. That, yeah, I'll take that bet. That means 44 games in in a row. He got at least one single. That's pretty 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 good. And in a final or in a first exhibition <laughs> game, sorry, um, for I wrote this shit and I still don't even know what it says. <laughs> <laughs> in a first exhibition game for the NFL in Mexico City, the New Orleans Saints beat the Philadelphia Eagles fourteen to seven. Hooray! For the... Yes. Nah, 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 nah. All right. Short twee this week. Yes, short twee, but main show. This week we decided that we haven't watched enough B movies. <laughs> what? Short week, but big show. Yeah. Main show. Main show. Really big. Really big. Show. Really big show. <laughs> so we decided that we haven't watched a B movie in a while, and Piranha is on. Well, it was on Netflix. It was on Amazon, but it all it all disappeared literally the next day. Right. We decided to watch it because it would be incredibly convenient because it was on streaming and then it wasn't. And poof. I know. So uh, we we dug it up and and watched uh, these movies, as they are called. So the first one, when flesh-eating piranhas are accidentally released into a summer resort's rivers, the guests become their next meal. Accidentally? Well, uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, when they went into the rivers, that was an accident. I mean, they didn't know what was going to happen when they drained it, and they thought the guy was being a jerk. Well, we'll, 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 we're going to get into that, but that whole se- no, I have yeah, we're, I, I have issue with that statement. I have a feeling that we're going to have a two on two with regards to who liked this movie and who didn't. Yep. <laughs> so this is directed by a very young Joe Dante, who you may remember from such classics as Gremlins, Inner Space, uh, Small Soldiers, which I think is a really underrated. One of his, and just a bunch of other awesome stuff. I mean, Joe Dante has been all over the place. The Burbs, uh, he did stuff on Amazing Stories and the New Twilight Zone, uh, Explorers, the movie he just had out. Oh, sorry. Oh, well, this is also the same uh, franchise that had a young James Cameron too. Do one of their movies, didn't it? Yes. Oh, I believe you're correct. Yeah, and of course we see the uh, Joe Dante staple. In this movie, which, uh, well, let's just get to the cast. We'll point him out when we get to him. Right. Well, first, we want to talk about Roger Corman. He's the executive producer of this one, and he makes terrible movies. But kind he makes of. A profit. Yeah, he does. But he's made some great stuff like the original Little Shop of Horrors. He's a more successful Edward. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. And he's still making stuff. So the next uh, big thing from him is Piranha Japan, Teeth of the Piranha. I'm assuming nice. JPN is. Japan, uh, and what else? Dance with a Vampire, and this looks great, but Cobra Gator. <laughs> I'd watch a, it. You, it could be it could be Piranha Jewish American Princess. That's cool. It could be Shark Talk Shark Topus versus Taco. I could go for a Shark Taco right now. Hey, uh, it, it, it's Shark Taculus. Come on, uh, yeah. Piranha Conda. Elmo, we got some uh, <laughs> shark tacos in the back there. Shark body, body of an anaconda, mouth of a piranha. No, that's an actually what? one of his movies. What? Shut yes. up. <laughs> I thought, I you, said, were, I thought no, you were shark- running on me. No, shark to, and, and there's Sharktopus versus Whale Wolf. Yep, oh my that's God. a real one. <laughs> All of these starring Burt Reynolds. Uh, Casper Van Dien, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> How does this sound? Casper Van Dien and Iggy Pop. Oh, my God. I think I need to see this. <laughs> I think you do, too. No, when a mad scientist weird. mixes the genes of a killer whale and a wolf, it creates the whale wolf, and it's up to Shark to push to stop it. Oh, my Jesus. We are not making a show out of that. I tell you that right now. I'm not watching. <laughs> <laughs> you had me at Iggy Pop. <laughs> oh. Oh my God! <laughs> All right, so the cast for this one: the Sorry. ultra, the ultra awful Bradford Dillman. Ah, he's comparatively not that bad. No, he's bad. As Paul Grogan, 
As Paul Grogan, he's pretty bad. But he's also was in uh, Escape of the Planet of the Apes and that tender The Way We Were. And he was in The Enforcer. Yes, he was. Enforcer. Uh, Heather Menzies. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Menzies Yurik? Yeah. Yeah. Got her Menzies. Uh, is Maggie. Kevin McCarthy playing another psychotic screaming old man. Seems to be. He, is he just play the same guy in every movie? Pretty much, yeah. I, mean, I don't think he's he, that guy. I yeah. don't think he ever knew he was acting in anything. <laughs> like, just, what is all this going on around me? Ah. He's actually psychotic. There's Piranha! <laughs> he believes whatever you tell him. Like, this is not a script. This is the news. <laughs> Keenan Wynn is Jack. Just let him act it out, guys. Let him act it out. He'll, be, he'll go to sleep in a little ball. He was the first ever real method actor. <laughs> <laughs> Time for your pills, Mr. McCarthy. <laughs> but there's piranhas. Uh, yeah, when I saw Keenan win in this, I was like, holy shit, it's the general from Dr. Strangelove. Mm-hmm. Oh, He's wow. A- I didn't even catch that. Oh, yeah. Keenan Wynn. Yeah. That's another one of those never hear from him again. Uh, also, uh, Point Blank with old Lee Marvin. And Once Upon a Time in the Wild in the West was another one of his movies, too. So. But uh, Dick Miller, again, with the cra- crazy old man screaming. Well, this this is the dude who I was talking about. I mean, this is old man Futterman from Gremlins. Oh, yeah. Dick Miller's. Uh, he's. If you need a crotchety uh, old man, call Dick Miller. There's a documentary about him uh, called, I think it's called You Don't Know Dick. And it's phenomenal. He's, he's a character. He seems awesome. His last, uh, last credit is something called Schmoboat. <laughs> he's a real dick. And the adventures of Biffle and Schuster. What the hell? And then the incredibly unsettling-looking Barbara Steele. Oh, yeah. Well, she's a horror mainstay from the 60s. Yeah. That guy, Dick Miller, that's the name of the documentary. It's on Amazon Prime. Hmm. And then moving on, Melody Thomas Scott, or no, Belinda Balski as Betsy. Yes, whatever that that, that person. Uh, Melody Thomas Scott as Laura Dickinson. Bruce Gordon as Colonel Waxman. Now I recognized him, but his stuff is from really old. He was actually Frank Nitty on The Untouchables, hmm. the TV show. <gasps> that was even an unintentional one, and everybody still jumped in. <laughs> Why can't? I was just—I was hoping we can do an untouchable show, but there's no untouchables for the now. Not yet. Give it a I, year. I know, right? Barry Brown as Trooper and Paul Bartell as the biggest dick cap counselor I've ever seen in my He's, life. He right? always plays those characters, though. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, who yells at that? Who yells at a, a small child to get some guts like that? That was <laughs> Dumont does. They give him the whole guilt trip. Like you're going to cost us the whole championship. Do you want to be that person? You piece of shit. And then the, <laughs> they weren't. They weren't even competing with anybody, and they all had. They all had inner tubes. I don't. Fuck you for not wanting to get in the river. You shit. I hate you, children. You can't talk to your daughter. What makes you think you can speak to your child? Apparently, I'm in charge. Rick has joined the show. <laughs> <laughs> So here's some trivia. So Universal Studios attempted to sue New World for spoofing Jaws, which was made back in 1975. However, Steven Spielberg saw this movie in advance and loved it. And after that, Universal was like, well, I guess we'll just leave you alone then. Spielberg speaks. Drop it. I know, right? Jaws and Star Wars dude said stop it. So we're going to stop it. Okay, Mr. Spielberg. (laughs) Um. Here's some more trivia. The novelization fills in some of the background about Paul's character. His wife left him, which is why he's such a hard drinker. The only explanation given is that she couldn't stand the sight of him. She doesn't write or try to contact his daughter, something Laura, the camp counselor, resented him for. She later changed her mind about Paul after saving some of the kids from the piranha, including his daughter. And the main reason Dumont thinks he's drunk over the phone is because during one visit to camp, Paul drunkenly threw Dumont in the river when he told him to leave. Now, I think the trivia on this is someone made a novelization of this. Right? (laughs) Man. 
We are going to disagree so hard on this movie. Well, no, no, no. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know where I stand. You think this is a great movie? I can't. I can't wait for this. See, I don't. I haven't. I haven't made my stance in the movie yet. But I'm. I, someone made a novelization about this. Someone said this movie needs to be made into a novel so, so we can get the backstory on all these people. Yeah, yeah. If there's one thing this movie needs, it's more backstory. <laughs> I saw it in the theater. I need more. <laughs> and though implied by the film, the novelization again confirms that Paul and Maggie slept together while Hoke is their prisoner. I've been trying this hard to get underneath this blanket. What? Yeah. That, did, did you ever notice that her character for the first like 45 minutes of the movie only speaks in questions? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> she doesn't ever say a statement. Everything is a question after a question after a question. Until well, was, they, they were trying to beat going. you over the head with how plucky she was. She yes. was something cute. So Parana on, um, Goodreads.com has a 3.09 rating. Out of what, 20? Out of 5. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of strange. <clears throat> anyway, well, good on you, sir, for writing a book. And the special effects budget was $50,000. So there I you go. I believe it. That seems about right. Yep. They paid $10,000 just for the music. I thought you were going to say for the clay. <laughs> All right, so this film... What about Rotten Tomatoes? What about it? I don't see it in there. Because I forgot to put it in there after you told me. Keep talking. I'll find it. <laughs> uh, I actually have a little bit of a history uh, with this movie. Uh, I This was the idea of Piranha terrified me as a kid. Like, I heard about this movie, and I had it built up in my mind that it was like the scariest movie ever, and I didn't want to see it. And then I got older and got into... Uh, real horror movies and the idea seemed kind of ridiculous to me. So I actually had not seen this movie despite it having been in my back of my mind since like the age six until this week. (laughs) It's like the age six. Yeah. Uh, Since about age six. Sorry. I just did. It just reminded me of uh, the Moesha. (laughs) Yes. So uh, tomato meter, it is 72 on critics and 42% on audience. Really? Really? That's kind of, Keep that in mind for when we get to the now. Okay, sorry, Josh. Go ahead. Oh, no, that, that's all I really had to say about it is that this is a movie that haunted my dreams. Then I forgot about it, and I finally saw it this week. I can't believe this is the first time you saw it. Uh, I can't either. And I think one of the reasons why I enjoy it so much is because I knew it was low budget. I knew it was a 70s horror movie, and my expectations were not super high. So that's going to have something to do with it. I expected but, you know, a lot I, less plot. Joel, I, I, I mean, I can't believe Joel hadn't introduced you to this like at some point while you guys were living together. We didn't watch a whole lot of horror. Hmm. Nope. We watched some, but not a lot. Unless it was like late night uh, stuff that was on, the, sure. on like the, the, the bad late night movies. Or your Ed Wood kick. And that's the thing is uh, I, I think this I was expecting something like a slightly better Ed Wood. And I got something that was much more than I expected. Novelization worthy. Uh, there's there's some weird stuff. Uh, I don't know what was up with the random claymation thing that is never explained and never comes back again. Right. I forgot about that. It never does come back after they. Well, both the claymation things never are discussed again. Oh, the, the one thing, in the, the, thing the walking around, and then the thing in the tank. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, the thing walking around looks important the way they focus in on it. The main characters never even see it, and it's never mentioned again. Yeah. In the novelization, the thing walking around grows up to be Mr. Dumont and he takes over the camp. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there was a sequel that came about in 81. I wonder if they talk about it in there. Now I have to watch it. The old walking around piranha. Everybody needs a little walking around piranha if you're going to be out, you know, shopping. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I think the, the second one, they fly. Yes, yeah. you're correct. I mean, this is your prototype of the creature horror film. Like, when it comes to, like, spiders or ants or, in this case, piranha. Yeah, I remember seeing this on, like, late night movie of the night type of thing. I So there's a lot cut out of it. Um, <clears throat> I, 
I toss this in with the same. Do you remember the movie Alligator? Oh yeah. This is this is in the same category for me. So you like like you said, Josh, the creature feature, like the, the horde of monsters type thing. It's in that alligator type thing. Except they never made a board game about uh, piranhas. No, they made a uh, novelization. There was a novelization. Al- alligator got the game. Um, but I, yeah, the clay thing never gets explained. The the kids, nobody ever seems like real upset that the the kids in the very beginning wind up getting eaten by the piranhas. You never know why the the girl jumps in the water. There are so many dead ends in this movie that it gets you. You like you said, you have to go back and be like, why are you, where did the claymation thing? I kept waiting for it to show back up. I thought I had forgotten so many about things it. in this movie happened just to happen. Oh yeah. They're like, well, we've got some film. Let's film something right now. Okay. <laughs> or some plotline things like, hey, the the uh, the colonel is an investor in the water park. Sure, and that's the reason why he doesn't want to be overly concerned. Although, it's weird. It's like, if he's an investor in the water park, he should probably make damn sure the piranha don't get to his investment. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking yeah. when I found that out. I'm like, why didn't he try harder to make sure they didn't? away i'm not sure you how understand how investing works <laughs> he's invested like, in death what was with the weirdest conversation that has ever been bothered to put to film at the beginning of the movie when the dude with the white beard and the white hair and paul who's sitting on his porch he's delivering all the alcohol to him and they just have the strangest weirdest conversation and then, like, for some reason, he just gets mad at him for asking something like, all right, well, I'll see you later. <laughs> it was just the whole scene. I was like, what is the point of this? I think they were trying to make some deep point and failing about uh, how awesome rivers are. Like, uh, Joe Dante had just read Siddhartha for the first time. <laughs> deep cut. I'm glad someone else read the book. Yeah. Siddhartha. <laughs> Good one. That would have fallen flat if none of you had read it. Oh my god, that was good. But yeah, it was just such a strange conversation, and then like, all right, well, see you later. <laughs> see ya. And, and then he was just so sad when his legs got chewed off and he dies, and it's like, oh, I'll never have anybody to have awkward, strange conversation with. Well, and let's point out the fact that they stopped to bury him rather than worry about warning people about or. I know. He wouldn't want to be buried in town. I better do it right here, right now. <laughs> no time like the present. <laughs> the piranha are very selective in both how fast they eat someone and how lethal they eat someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people they just you know they have they have plot armor on so they can only nibble them. Well and then uh Dumont, the camp counselor, had to look he had to be uh introspective and realize what an ass he had been, so he was he had that plot armor going on. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 attacked some of his upper chest, but they left his pristine legs completely alone. Hey, Paul Bartel has some fantastic gams, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, and how big was that raft? Because right. they would nibble it on the whole thing. Logs fell off of that raft. <laughs> <laughs> they would nibble it on the entire, all four sides of it where it was connected, and yet it fell off one at a time for about a half an hour. Well, and Kevin McCarthy, it, okay, so Dr. Hoke feels that he's going to redeem himself by jumping into the water and t- and giving one more scarring event in this kid's life. Right, yeah. Like, I'll save you, kid, but I'll give you emotional trauma in the process. <laughs> and the kid was really confused. I don't think they actually gave the child actor any lines other than daddy. Mm. <laughs> And didn't no. explain to him that Dr. Hook was not also his daddy? No, wait, wait, wait. daddy in the water. <laughs> no, no, wait. This is explained in the novelization. Oh, my oh, God. It really is. The kid is so <laughs> scarred by seeing his father get chewed up by the piranha that when Hoke jumps in and tries to get him, the, the reason he's calling him daddy is because the kid has snapped and he sees Hoke as his father. And that is explained in the novelization. Oh I cannot believe I keep saying that there was a novelization of this <laughs> crap movie. So, like, this is like The Matrix 2 where you have to read the novelization to understand half of it. <laughs> Pretty much. This is, this is like, like a lesser Donnie Darko. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I'm changing course on this. Maybe I didn't like it as much as I thought I did. Wait, but how was he going to save him by jumping in the water, swimming farther than it would have 
you know, if he would have yeah, waited made, another two minutes. Made absolutely no sense for him. And to the jump boy the was not in any jeopardy technically at that point. He just swam, and then he started to get eaten and passed him over. So maybe that was his goal. But I think I think he just realized that the kid was not in enough terror. So he needed to jump in the water and rock the canoe a little bit to make thing make a kid think that he was going to fall in the water. <laughs> I mean, maybe I think, Kevin. I, think, Mac- oh, I was going to say, I think Kevin McCarthy just thought he was an old man in the sea. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think Kevin McCarthy just wanted out of the movie. So think, <laughs> I'm just going to jump in this water, and they're going to have to write in that I've been eaten alive. Yeah, they can't have that much film. <laughs> And that's why they only had partial things on them because they hadn't budgeted enough for the special effect. See, I mean, knowing it was, I thought they did some really clever creature work with obviously low budget using stock footage, uh, little bits of puppet monsters. For what they had to work with, I actually was pretty impressed. I, I will give you that. For the amount of money they had and for the time, this was actually really cool. I read some up, read up some on the, um, the effects of this. And the when you saw the uh, the piranha in the water, they just had them, they had rubber piranhas taped to the end of sticks. And they would put the, they put the camera in the water and then would like take the sticks and shove them with the camera and then just shake them. <laughs> it looked like they were in there. And I thought the sound effect associated with the piranhas was kind of off-putting after a while. That kind of... Yeah, it was a very weird buzzing sound that the piranhas made. And I, they did have all those little love letter moments to other movies, like she's playing the Jaws video game. And I kind of think that the claymation thing was kind of a reach back to the Harryhausen stuff. But think how much they could have saved if they wouldn't have spent it on that. Yeah, that's true. Maybe not a good use of funds. Right. But Joe Dante's like perfecting his craft here. Like you don't get gremlins without piranha. Okay, so according to Joe Dante in the DVD commentary and in the uh, end notes of the um, novelization, the noise that the piranhas make underwater are actually the sound of dental drills. That's why it was so unnerving to me. Nice. Does the novelization explain Mr. Claymation? <laughs> I, I don't know. I have to. I guess how it, much better the special effects could have been I'm if not, they wasted money I, on those two Claymation things. We already said that. Oh, God, I'm going to have to... You know, they already look at me weird when I go to the library to check out all these movies, and I'm going to come in there, I'm going to ask for the novelization of Piranha. Just go in there every week and ask for a different movie novel. novel. <laughs> you get it. You get what I'm trying to say. Movie, I think you want me to get a movie lava lamp. That's what Novelization. <laughs> so, oh, here's novelization. <laughs> another cool thing about... Uh, here's um, one more trivia about the effects, since we're talking about them. Uh, Belinda Belosky's death scene was shot in a pool. They taped 30 fake piranha to her with gaffer's tape, and then they pulled her into the deep end of the pool with ropes to make it look like her character was sinking into the water. But Corman demanded a reshoot because he he thought the first version didn't have enough blood. Clever. clever I mean, it it wasn't a bad effect at all. No, I'm, for what they were working with, they had they got a lot of cool stuff done. I mean, granted, it's no Sharktopus versus Whalewolf, but... It's... What is? I don't know. I, I think it may have been a case of my expectations were so low that I was dragging my feet to see this at all, and I was pleasantly surprised by how much plot there was. It didn't always make sense, but they did develop some characters. They had coherent for the most part scenes and good effects for what I could tell was a sub hundred thousand dollar budget. Oh yeah. And another thing is about um, Bradford Dillman actually requested more backstory on his character. You know, of course he did. (laughs) Well, I mean, between Kevin McCarthy, who's over there yelling at clouds, you know, (laughs) is it, can I have more about my character other than he's an asshole who likes to eat fish? Like, what was his deal? Like, like she comes over and starts asking him questions. He's just immediately a complete dick to her. Like, well, don't don't like tell somebody to just walk into your house and then treat them like shit. Like, you can't have it both ways. You can't be like so inviting that I'm not even going to check who's at my door. You don't know also- me. <laughs> <laughs> I like people coming into my house so I can be assholes to them. It's my I think- house. <laughs> 
Honestly, I think the whole town may have been affected by whatever they were doing up at that test site because it seemed like everybody was an asshole. I mean, because you've got uh, Paul Grogan, who's just an ass to everybody, and then you've got uh, Paul Bartell, Mr. Dumont, who's you know, going all full metal jacket on a four-year-old. <laughs> and then you've got those two girls that are pulling that, that uh, water skier around. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and he's, he's screaming for us to stop. Yeah, we haven't lost him yet. I'm going to speed up. Right. <laughs> uh, and then and then out of nowhere, there's this dude in the middle of the river who just, I guess, at that point, wanted to take his collection of full gas cans out to get some sun. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, he's I, like, I better make sure that I have all my canisters of <laughs> fuel on this boat with me. Well, the guy who crashed into the boat was wearing a stunt helmet. So my read on that was that they didn't take the establishing shot to show that they were trying to shoot like a low budget movie out there and they're getting ready to do a stunt. But then you probably should tell the local people doing water sports that this is what you're doing. Right. <laughs> you probably have to have a permit and stuff. You know. Wait, there was water sports in this movie? Hey, Maria. And, um, Golden shower. That's that's the best way to get a if you've been bit by a piranha, you gotta pee on it. Is that in the novelization? That is in the novelization. <laughs> Their one weakness is human urine. Yes. Ironically written by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. So do you have we anything else you want to touch on in this one? I mean the, the incredibly stupid escape plan from the jail. Oh my god, yeah. Hey, if if it's stupid and it works, it ain't stupid. <laughs> I'm going to break the pipe, flood the room, and then hit him with a piece of the toilet. I, I, I like her whole, like, uh, well, he, he's unconscious, still alive. She's like, so in her mind, she's like, I know there's a chance I might kill this man. But <laughs> What about the uh, the scene where they're caught by the military and and she's going to flirt with him? And oh, yeah. Gay. <laughs> Hello. Are you gay? What? It is. <laughs> in general, I think if I'm in that situation and I'm encountering something that's completely unbelievable, you're and I want titties? yeah, you're no. gonna flash, you're gonna flash a soldier. I'm not yeah. sure I'm going with this. I, I'm I'm not gonna call ahead and say it's crazy alien piranha or it's giant tarantulas. I'm gonna say there's poison in the river. Everyone's gonna be like, oh shit, poison, and they're gonna shut everything down. Just tell them the river's lava. Hmm. I like the way you think. Lobalization. <laughs> all right. That's about all I can think of with this. Yeah, let's uh, go to the break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the remake, Piranha 3D. Yes. With dimensions. And an unusually prolific cast. I know. <laughs> all right. Penis. Yes, that too, Joel. We'll be back in a little bit. Piranha. Piranha. 3D. 2010's blockbuster raging summer hit. It was. I know. That's the strangest thing. Um Came out 2010, tomato meter 73%, audience score uh, 43%. Which I wanted to point out the audience and uh, tomato meter for the first one 72% or 73% and 42% or something like that. They were like, almost identical. Huh. Were they the same with regards to the critics or were they flipped? No, same. they were the same. Same, same. Yeah. So critics liked both of these and audiences didn't. Different. But same, <laughs> same, same. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> All right. So after a sudden underwater tremor sets free, scores of prehistoric man-eating fish and unlikely group of strangers must band together to stop themselves from becoming fish food for the area's new razor-tooth residents. I like how the one uh, the one guy's explanation for how, what was their food source. Oh, they were obviously just eating each other. Like, no, that's not how ecology works. But anyway, sorry. 
That one guy was Christopher Lloyd. You shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) He says it. It's fine. (laughs) No, just by virtue of it being Christopher Lloyd, that does not justify the. He was Doctor Brown. God damn it! (laughs) That does not automatically solidify. Just like just because he's Indiana Jones doesn't mean he can withstand a nuclear blast because he's inside of a lead line refrigerator. Same thing. Shut your bastard mouth. Oh In God. a movie that didn't even exist. All right. So Alexandre, Alexander Aja, this is the yes. second movie of his that we have watched. Indeed. The original uh, first one was The Hills Have Eyes. We watched that one, God, forever ago. For our first or second Halloween month. Yeah, yeah. So written by uh, Pete Goldfinger. Goldfinger. I know. Put that in there just for you, who's also written such classics as Piranha 3 Double D and Sorority Row 2009. Goldfinger. Clown. Clown was good. So, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TV series, too. So he's, a, he's a kind of like a renaissance man. He's all over the place. Uh, also, Josh Stolberg, who has written Good Luck Chuck, Piranha 3D, and Sorority Row. There you go. Josh Stolberg. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is starring a very brief Richard Dreyfuss as Matt Boyd, which I kind of was in as soon as I saw it was him in the boat. Yep. Uh, Ving Rames as Deputy Fallon. Elizabeth Shue as Julie Forrester. Christopher Lloyd as Mr. Carl Goodman. <laughs> Somehow or another, Eli Roth as a wet t-shirt host. Uh, I no, that's not a s- somehow. Eli Roth, uh, I mean, you may only know him from Inglorious Bastards, but this dude makes horror movies. No, no, no. I know. It's just it, I, I, he, when I saw him in the water, I was like the last person I expected. Well, and here's the thing. at this In the early 2000s, the new crop of horror directors consisted of Alexander Aja and Eli Roth were two of about five that were up and coming. So mm-hmm. they're, they're buddy buddies. Okay. So it was kind of like, Hey, you're hanging out. We're hanging out. You want to be in the movie type of thing. Yeah. Cause I mean, Aja's French, but uh, he's a transplant, but it's like know. Tarantino having a cameo in a, in a um, <laughs> Ramirez movie. Right. And then uh, Jerry O'Connell as Derek Jones or as Suzanne said, is that the kid from sliders? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> such a dick. Uh, Adam Scott. In there also, I just, Adam Scott is so great. What a strange <laughs> casting, though. Yeah, but you know what? It kind of worked. Yeah, I think he's at his best when he is randomly endearing guy. As much as I loved Step Brothers, he was only successful in that because he was playing against his best type. Mm-hmm. And as we, <laughs> the best thing about this was is that. As we were watching this movie, Suzanne's everybody's first name in this movie was that guy from or that girl from. So Dina Meyer is that girl from Starship Troopers. Adam <laughs> Scott. Fair. Yeah. Adam Scott was that guy from Parks and Rec. You know, Eli Roth was that guy from Inglorious Bastards. And Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Oh. That guy from Taxi. That guy from Taxi. Yeah, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, he honestly, he was closer to Taxi Christopher Lloyd than he was. What does a yellow light mean? <laughs> Slow down. Slow down. What <laughs> does a yellow light mean? And we're not going to keep doing this, man. <laughs> All right. So, trivia. Uh, TV spot was banned because it had too much gore and also revealed the ending to the movie. Oh, it's got to be the last shot before credits. They threw it into the trailer because they're stupid. Yeah. Uh, This is the first time Elizabeth Shue and Christopher Lloyd have shared screen time since Back to the Future Part 3. Hmm. 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 Did I get a hmm out of that guy? (laughs) I'm watching you. Uh, The film was not screened for critics, although, and usually in such circumstances, the critics actually liked it. Yeah, that is weird. That doesn't usually happen. Yeah. They're like, you know what? You probably shouldn't see this first. Well, I mean, 
there's some truth to the fact like if you're if you don't have enough faith in your movie to show it to the critics beforehand it's probably not a good movie it's just not for them <laughs> um the production crew estimated 75,000 gallons of fake blood were used each day Jesus. that's each day that's not total that's each day richard dreyfus uh stars uh, appears as fisherman Matt Boyd at the very beginning of the film. He was repaid a reported $50,000 for his cameo. So it's not like he had to even be on, you know, on set anywhere or I mean on, on location anywhere. He just had to show up at the set because it was all CGI. Well, I think rowboat for $50,000. $50,000 will either get you all the effects of the original or one Richard Dreyfus for the new one. Is That's that a, about a good trade, yeah. yeah. Either way, money well spent. Right. Uh, Boyd is dressed like Hooper, the character play, Dreyfus played in uh, Jaws. Nice. And you missed one. He donated his entire salary to charity. Oh, I missed that. Yes, good, good on him. I was waiting the entire opening scene. I was waiting for a, I should have brought a bigger boat. Crack. Oh, that would have been good. I'm actually kind of glad they didn't do that because I had a great fear about this movie. Not like the fear I had when I was the six. (laughs) (laughs) I I threw that back for Joel. (laughs) The six. Um, I was afraid considering the time this was made, that this was going to be one of those self-referential horror movies where the genre was the butt of the joke. Everything was done with a wink at the camera and a tongue in cheek. Right, and I was really pleasantly surprised that the humor they had in there was pretty much situational or, like, darkly ironic or just dark humor. It, The exception of the floppy CGI penis, that was a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> You've not seen enough Alexander Aja movies then. There's not floppy penises on all of them, but he pushes boundaries. Like he pushes penises? He's a penis, penis pusher. pusher. Yeah. Uh, there's the headless fellatio scene in uh, High Tension. Of course there is. So moving on. <laughs> um, this this one definitely wasn't 3D with all the CGI and all that. I mean, I think the idea of them being under underwater, maybe they should, you know what? They could have just said they were dormant. They were obviously under there eating each other. That's how they became so tough. Was kind of stupid, but I like the idea that a, a fissure opens up and these things come pouring out. I kind of wondered if they were going to refer to the first film at all. Like these are still the ones left over from the original Piranha, right? The ones that the poison didn't kill. Tie it together somehow. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't go that route, and that's fine. I was just curious if once I saw they were released at the beginning since that's a departure from the original origin. Mm-hmm. Well, and see, that's the whole thing with the movie is outside of the kind of semi large gathering of people for this getaway thing. There really wasn't a lot similar in terms of storyline to the first. There wasn't well, a raft. There wasn't, you know? Yeah. I think what they did is they took the, they, they fell back on the horror trope of co-eds getting killed. Exactly. That's what the movie was like. This is what's great about creature scare gore movies. We're going to have quality kills on screen. And since we've got this underwater beach theme, we're going to show a lot of scantily clad or completely nude women because this is what this sort of movie is about. And we're going to take those and we're going to turn it all the way up to 10. And it committed to what it was trying to be. I thought it went to 11. Yeah, the opera um, underwater swim scene was, again, one of those, we started watching the movie, had to turn it off, come back later, turn it back. I'm like, okay, I'll put it back on, put the kids to bed, turn it on. That scene immediately starts up. And as it starts up, Suzanne walks in the room. (laughs) It's like, hey, you want to watch this together? (laughs) Please. So she sits down and watches. Well, at this point, for you know, almost almost three years of us doing this show, we've she's used to this crap now. So, I mean, so long as you don't have your pants down, maybe you did. I'm not judging. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, you keep your pants up. 
This assumes I put them on in the first place. When I'm home, it's a, it's no pants area. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> no pants allowed. I thought it was weird that you removed your pants when you entered my home. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be my home. Anybody's home. No pants allowed. Be forewarned, people. <clears throat> All right. So, best kill in this movie. Hmm. I'm going to go with Crystal. Uh, when she's getting torn apart and the piranha burrows through her face. Oh, is that her mouth? Yeah. That was pretty cool. But no, I, 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 I would go with the girl who got uh, cut in, almost in like three quarters. And like her oh. bikini top fell apart and then her body fell apart. Oh, oh when they're like rescuing her and then she rips in half. No, no, no. The one, uh, the, the high tension wire snaps and it just whipped her right in half. Oh, I yeah. That was the rare bit of CGI that looked a little dated. It did, but I mean, it, the, the, the death itself was kind of cool. Yeah, I agree with Matt mm-hmm. on that one. And her I'm gonna have to- were spectacular. So, <laughs> Joel, what about you, man? I'm, I'm going with Pat's choice. I, I have to agree. I think that was probably mine, too. Oh, you're not going with hair caught in the propeller girl? <laughs> oh, I forgot about her. That was a good one. Yeah. Eli Roth's kill was an uh, honorable mention for me, though. Yeah, popped his head off like a zit. Whoop. Well, they had to take him down good, though. I mean, like you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't, with him being in the movie, it had to be something, you know, yeah, really you know, right, something memorable for him. Plus, yeah. it was Bing Rames running around with a shotgun. And, and then the happened. boat propeller. That, yeah, that was, was pretty that was cool. Oh, come on. That was so dumb. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. Oh my god! It, anything I mean, that's it was, it was one of those things that drives me nuts in movies like this when they do things that like like that's just not feasible. Here we go. It's just done just to look cool for a movie. I mean, Here like, it's, shut up! <laughs> it's Ving Rhames, man. Where do you see the second one when he has shotgun legs? <laughs> <laughs> That is a, that is a true thing in the next one. I probably but, would not have tolerated it if it was any other character. Like any other actor, I mean, playing that character. It was sad when he fell in the water and you think he's dead, but wait, no, he's coming back. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to have to see the other one. This is probably another case of I was so preparing to hate this movie because I thought it was going to be one thing, and when it wasn't, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I know I'm spoiling the thumbs up, thumbs down, but I enthusiastically love this one. I'll probably see this one again. That's why I own it because it's fun. See, I made the mistake. You, uh, you notice that I said we watched half them, part of the movie, and then we continued watching part of the movie. I, I make bad choices when the movie's <laughs> on. <laughs> And one of those, like, you know, Sophie's up in a room, Katie's sitting there. Ah, just toss it on. Like, how bad could it be? Blood and titties. Pretty much it. <laughs> and it's one of those, eh, see if I can just kind of take this out and not have anybody make a comment. Gingerly. Gingerly, like, hey, maybe nobody saw that. <laughs> and I think Katie, was like, when I took it out, I think Katie would made some sort of off coming. Now you think it's inappropriate? It's just like <laughs> oh, that was the line. Yeah, that's. <laughs> uh, we can also call this one out for I think the characters in general, the ones that were supposed to be likable, were genuinely likable, and the ones who weren't Jerry O'Connell. Uh, Jerry O'Connell, I think he was channeling Jason Bateman for this film. <laughs> he was such a tool. But like the one, uh, the girl who wasn't uh, Crystal, I, I think her name was Carrie. Frankie, Carrie, yeah, yeah. Carrie, Kelly. No, Kelly. Kelly was the good girl who was the the oh, girlfriend I figure. Oh, I thought that's who mm-hmm. we were talking about. Sorry. No, I was talking about the the nicer of the two girls gone wild, who we meet near the beginning. Paula. Um, that might have been her name. The one with the boobs. Yeah, <laughs> that one. You know that girl with the boobs. 
Yeah. Well, there was a whole bit with his little sister saying nice boobs. Yeah. I mean, she was a genuinely likable character and probably the only one of the kills. I was like, oh. Yep. I saw it coming because they're like, there's no way they're going to put all of them up on that rope and have everybody survive. And she's the only one that doesn't have plot armor. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to give this perilous situation just to have everybody make it. Right. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they all got on the rope, I'm like, well, that sucks. I liked her. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> what about Adam Scott, action hero? <laughs> that was so goofy. Yeah, I, I've just gotten to the point now. Adam Scott is rapidly becoming one of those actors. I just want to see him in whatever he's in. <laughs> I'm with you on that. He's he's really entertaining. And with him on the on the speedboat shooting down fish, I don't think yeah. shotgun is the best way to take on a whole. Sport. <laughs> no, yeah. it really yeah, isn't. What, what a dumb weapon to 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 pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick a gun to go against a school of fish. And much as I loved it, someone needs to tell Andre or Alexandre how far both tasers and explosions go in water. Right. Because those were pretty cool. But yeah, not exactly as effective as reality. But that's not what this movie's about. So I give it a pass. Yeah, I'm saying there, reality is not something that happens in this movie at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you can say reality bites. Yeah, uh-huh. I see what you uh-huh. did there. I mean, yeah. even the boobs weren't real in this movie. Uh, that's the true. leftover uh, implants was kind of funny. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. So that leads up to, do you want to talk about the penis, Joel? No, I think I already did. Yeah, we kind of glossed over it, and I'm kind of fine with that. I mean, yeah. I, I get it. Uh, he's trying to... Plus, it was almost certainly a 3D penis in the theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was floating around. All 3D in person. Along, <laughs> along with the 3D vomit off the edge of the rail, too. Oh, and the 3D eyeball that randomly flies through the water. Yeah. You know what? I have to, I have to say, for a, horror, a 3D horror movie, I bet this was pretty effective. <clears throat> it was a pretty lame use of obvious 3D technology early on when they, you know, the one guy threw his drink at the main character. Yeah, like, yeah. It was like a like the three D equivalent of a jump scare. True, but no, I mean it's. I think I think if if you step into if you step into this movie, you're not a, again the bar isn't real high. Sure, and that's the thing is this was successful because it had a very talented cast. Uh, it was visually very cool, and lowered expectations. It's a very good example of what it's trying to be. And how we've lived our lives. And Elizabeth Shue. Oh, yeah. Can't if go you wrong, can't yeah. make your expectations, lower your expectations. That's my key to happiness. Lowered expectations. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to get Pat to watch it, put some shoes in it. <laughs> yeah, I'll put my shoe in it. Josh Stolberg. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> put your shoe in it. <laughs> we were moving past that. <laughs> well, I meant to say I would put my penis in that shoe, but I fucked it up. <laughs> Definitely no sp- for that. <laughs> All right. So do we, do we want to do a little comparison on the two? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's as clear for everybody as it was for me. Obviously, I am a thumbs up on the original and a big enthusiastic thumbs up for the remake. And I'm going to have to concur. I actually enjoyed the original and I, I kind of came into it with zero to low expectations. I, I don't know if I'd ever seen it. Honestly, I might've seen it a long time ago, but um, I was pleasantly surprised at how genuinely entertaining it was. And this one, of course, I mean, like I said, I, I own it and uh, I love Al- Alexander Aja. So thumbs up both sides. Well, before we get into Pat, <laughs> I think I think the the both of these movies have their positives. The the original one, they were so intent on telling the story. There wasn't a whole lot of story, but they they definitely had like we're making a movie, you know. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed you know him being the drunken guy in the cab, and I enjoyed her being the skip tracer for some reason or another who was out there in the middle of the forest. Uh, what I 
I we mentioned this in the pre-show also was kind of upsetting that I didn't like was the only place I could find this original one was on YouTube and they raised the pitch of everybody. So YouTube's uh, censors wouldn't pick it up. So unfortunately, in the first movie, everybody sounded like they were huffing helium. <laughs> um, Fun this- fact. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, Skip Tracer is a real job, though that's not really what they do. Yeah, I know it's a real job. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a Skip Tracer wandering around in the middle of a forest anywhere. Because yeah, I was I was going for Skip Tracer at one point, like as a possible career option. Yeah, yeah, she, that, she, was, she was acting more like a bounty hunter. Well, I mean, that's kind of what uh, Skip Tracers do. They go for people who've skipped out on bonds. Right, but usually they're a lot more uh, computer-based than, than like in-the-field-based mm-hmm. Skip Tracers. And... I enjoyed the first one. I'm probably not going to watch it again, but it's one of those. This this was entertaining. I enjoyed it. The second one, it's like the complete unpolar opposite. There, everyone in that movie was just there to have fun. Everyone was there to. I, I don't know how long they took to make this movie, but it couldn't have been a whole long, whole heck of a long time. But it seemed like everybody was full in just to have fun and make a cheesy remake to an old '70s horror movie. So I actually liked both of them. I'm a thumbs up on both. Now, Patrick, shit all over what we love. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job, man. As usual. I mean, the first movie, um, I don't know. It was, I found it unpleasant. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. The, the, the lead actor was so wooden and awful that I didn't really give a rat's ass what happened to him. His daughter was um, adorable, but a shitty actress, so... You know, whatever it took me out of every every one of her scenes took me out of the movie. Um, acting all around was so bad. Seventies plot. Um, so many things could have been avoided if people just learned how to talk to other people rather than like you know, either drag something out. Like, how long did it take the man to open up the damn dam? Like, like, oh, I got to stop for a second and really intently watch this commercial. Oh, then I got to drop the wrench. Oh, then I got to pick it up. Oh, now I got to you know, just open the damn, you know, but giving him enough time to run. It just didn't make sense. There's so many things in the movie that were like 70s plot and 70s um, timing and everything. And I don't know. I mean, the whole thing about them blaming the guy for the, you know, you're the one that turned the crank for for no reason. Like, oh, let's just drain this whole thing. We don't even know what the hell it is. What or what's in it? We don't know anything about it. So first of all, the people that went swimming in it were stupid. They deserve to get eaten because whatever's <laughs> in there, you know. If you just go swimming in a random place that's that's walled off and no trespassing, and then suddenly, oh, you find a giant concrete dam full of water. Well, my first reaction is let's go swimming in it. You probably shouldn't. There might be piranha in it. Yeah, or it could be like the guy said. It could be sewage. And she's like, "Oh, oh, shut up! <laughs> Kiss me. Let's swim in the sewage. You know, you deserve to die." So, anyway, that's a whole other thing. So, thumbs down on the first one. It just was painful to watch. Thumbs down, huh? Didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm shocked. And then the second one. Um, I mean, the second one was exactly what it was supposed to be. Like you said, is a remake of a night of a campy 1970s horror movie. And it was full of all kinds of, you know, little cameos and celebrities and boobs and whatever. And it is what it is. And it's exactly what it was made to be. But it has Elizabeth Shue, so I give it a thumbs up. Because <laughs> he wants to put his dick in a shoe. <laughs> You're a man of simple tastes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not one that I was like so adamantly against like the first one. that it, I mean, it wasn't really like I was giving it a thumbs down anyway. I'm a big fan of Elizabeth Shue more than I am Elizabeth Shue movies, so that doesn't necessarily sway me. But it was already close enough to a thumbs up that you know that that will go ahead and complete it. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, what do we have on tap for next week, gentlemen? Next week is at the bottom of the page. Scroll, 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 scroll. And it's incorrect. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm glad I wrote it down. We are doing Morgan Freeman. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done a profile of an actor uh, throughout their career. So, yeah, we are going to do it with the voice of God. 
Yes, and be ready for a lot of bad Morgan Freeman impersonations from Joel next week. That's Pat's fetish. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you got to figure out who does a Morgan Freeman impression that you can impersonate. Yeah, before we record that show, if you want to let us know your favorite Morgan Freeman uh, film or your favorite bad Morgan Freeman impression, you can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yeah, and if you're looking for our older stuff, uh, it is on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and Podverse.fm. Ta-da! Me, 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 me. I, I do think using dental drills as the noise of the piranhas in the first one was good. Plays on those natural fears of piranhas and dentists. Like the hell out of me. And piranha dentists. That <laughs> was why, weird when I was the six. Why did they have those claymation <laughs> things in that damn movie? I don't know. <laughs> Read the novelization to find out. <laughs> Available from Band of Books. It's about that time. We'll put the song right here. <laughs> and enjoy and drink a beer. All right. So. And sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um.